In today's episode, I talk about freedom, how it relates to anxiety, and how not all freedom is necessarily good. Guys, I have to tell you, my wife told me something pretty upsetting, that she says that I am the cheapest person she's ever met, and I'm just not buying it. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 96. Oh my goodness, we're almost at 100 episodes, that's crazy. Uh, If you're just joining us for the first time, please rate and review this podcast, share this episode with someone who you think might enjoy it. The highest compliment you can pay is to share um, this episode on social media. Make sure you tag us at Thought on Instagram and um, go to our website, manafoodforthought.com. You can see all of our content there, link to all of our social media and different channels and all the places you can listen, as well as become a patron, Patreon supporter, a financial patron for as little as a dollar a month. It does cost money to uh, do this podcast. We're so grateful for all of our patrons. Um, so with all that being said, let's get into our peak pit and plug for this week. Uh, my peak, I've had a lot of peaks. Um, we have hired a new youth minister. Praise the Lord, I cannot tell you how excited I am. <laughs> I love um, youth ministry. It's not that I I, um, I think it's a bad job. I just have had too many jobs, and I'm happy to surrender some of them now, um, and that it all came together for that to happen. Um, also, some peaks I saw, um, been able to see some good friends, do some more meetings in person now that things are opening up. Um, got a really lovely note from my wife's Aunt Diane, uh, in the mail. So thank you, Diane. I'm so grateful for you listening and praying and all just how sweet and wonderful you are. So good to see you and all the family uh, this past weekend as well. So it's been a really great time. Um, my pit, I think, has to do a little bit with this episode and just kind of anxiety at discerning what's next. And I think I've mentioned that before. Um, but really, you know, trying to really explore that question of what matters most and really feeling like a, a a call to sit with that question and kind of be dissatisfied with the fact that there's no immediate answer. I mean, there's obvious answers like family matters and things like that. But um, in terms of like pursuits and next steps and what God might be calling me to or leading me toward and the other facets of my life, it just it's kind of called me to a period of real um, stillness and slowing and waiting. And that's difficult for me. So it's good, but I experience it some days as a pit. So um, the plug that I would give you is um, our Catholicism 101 series that we've been custom creating this year um, for all of our programs because of COVID is done. 35 episodes all on YouTube. They're all about 10 to 20 minutes. Uh, If you just want like a really great 101 of the Catholic faith um, that's rooted in the catechism, rooted in how we instruct people in the faith when they come into the church um, and is all, you know, rooted in scripture and the teachings of Jesus, authentic to that and the teachings of the church. Um, I would encourage you to go check it out. I'll put the link in the description. And what's great about it is it was designed for you to do with somebody else. So if you have a godparent, a spouse, a significant other, a sibling, um, you know, family, a group of friends, a small group that you want to sit down and watch one a week, uh, go to the description in every video. There's a link to an episode guide. And it has key points, it has discussion questions, it has um, challenges for different groups of people at different ages, and it has an opening and closing prayer. So you can really just kind of, you have everything you need there. 
you get a teaching, you get to discuss and have really great faith-centered conversations, um, however often you like. So it's there. No more episodes are going to be created for the time being. We went through all of the different facets of the catechism that we had intended to. Um, there's much more that could be said, but in terms of a like a 101 foundational introduction to the Catholic faith, um, that's it's there. And so you can go from not believing in God to really understanding what it is to be a disciple, what I'm called to, uh, and how to live that out by the end of it. So I encourage you, check it out, invite someone to check it out with you. Anyway, all of that has been so great. A lot of things have happened that have caused me to feel really free, free of a lot of the different burdens and things that I've placed on myself or were placed on me over this past 15 months doing ministry and being so like sprinting through responsibilities and to the point where it, you know, led me to the, to urgent care into the emergency room multiple times, you know, just, you know, really going too hard, putting a lot um, of the self care and the things that I should have been prioritizing for myself on the back burner to try and get things done. And now things are slowing down. Summer is approaching. A lot of good things are happening. A lot of reconnections and you know seeing you know reunions are happening and there's all this freedom now um, maybe you're not experiencing this yet maybe you're still you know cautious or not vaccinated or you still have different immune concerns whatever it may be but as things go you know back to a new sense of normal over the few months next few months uh, and the ways it already has there is this you know sense of of freedom from everything that we've been experiencing and with that, there is joy, but with that, there can also come this kind of existential anxiety that, um, you know, what do I do now? What's next? Like, what's possible? What do I focus on? What matters most? And, you know, this reminds me of um, uh, many years ago when our uh, the band that um, we, you know, ended up putting together called Valleys and Crowns, our worship band, um, when we were just kind of putting that together, we had an opportunity to go play music at Christmas time for um, some young men who were in a juvenile detention facility in Orange County as like a little bit of a Christmas celebration for them. And I had never done any ministry in jail before. I know some people who have and they get a lot of joy out of it. So I don't really have any like preconceived notions or anything about it. Um, my wife was with me and she was pregnant at the time. So I was like a little nervous. Like if there's a situation anywhere in the prison, we get locked down like... I have to protect my pregnant wife, you know, but um, we get there and we check in. We go through all of the screening, the metal detectors. We put all our stuff in lockers. They look at all of our, you know, instrument cases and everything. And we brought little goodies for them and song sheets and they inspected all of it. And then we we meet the chaplain who's arranged all of this for all these different sections of um, the, the facility. And he says, oh, you guys are going to be in maximum security. And, and out loud, I was like, okay. And in my mind, I was like, oh God, my worst nightmare is happening. My pregnant wife is going to get caught in, behind, you know, we're going to be locked down. I'm not going to be able to protect her. And, um, and, and I was thinking of all these different movies and TV shows that I had seen and we get in there and, um, essentially it ended up being just like a, a youth group setting. Like it was a bunch of teenage guys and they were there in a room, a meeting room, and they were participating. Some of them were a little like laid back than others, um, but they were kind. They were normal. They were um, approachable, and they were happy that we were there. It was basically like being at a youth group 
in a little bit of a depressing location and everyone was wearing the same outfit. That's kind of like the only difference. Like, and so after we played, we sat down with them. We had, you know, dinner with them. Um, we'd ordered in pizza for them and, um, we're just playing cards and talking to them. And as we left, we were all kind of reflecting and all of us kind of recounted and, and I had this especially true at the table I was at was that, um, they, all they talked about was their freedom. Like when I get out, I'm going to do X. When I get out, I'm going to do this. When I get out, when I get out. And it just struck me, you know, like, like how much I take advantage of the fact that I have the freedom that I do. Um, which also reminded me of Braveheart, you know, like the, the, the quintessential scene, you know, the final speech, like lying in your bed many years from now, would you give all the days from this day to that to go back to this day for one chance, just one chance to tell them that they could take our lives, but they could never take our freedom. And then, it, you know, you yell. And I know that speech decently well because um, my high school mascot, my wife and I's high school mascot was the Scots. And so Mel Gibson as William Wallace was painted on the side of our school. And someone would come out at assemblies and football games, sometimes on horseback, sometimes with their face painted like Mel Gibson, sometimes with the audio of that movie playing, uh, with this spirit sword that looked like the sword from Braveheart, and everyone would freak out. Our mascot's name was Scotty McScott Scott. I mean, it was that's who we were. We were the Scots. And I remember we would get so pumped um, about that. But really, the spirit of that what freedom actually is, I think, has always been lost on me because I've always been free. You know, I've never been to prison. My freedom's never been taken from me. And only recently since COVID and also having anxiety where I felt like kind of completely out of control and out of my element, did I feel just a small inkling of what it was like to be without that freedom. We've all lived in a prison of sorts over the past year. And now with this freedom, as I said, comes these questions, you know, what do I do? What is my life now? How will this work? Who am I? How do I get back to some sense of progress or trajectory or, you know, what's next for me? Um, and it can be overwhelming, you know, like many inmates upon release, if they've been in uh, the system for a long time, they often don't know how to adjust back to normal life. They have these special programs and rehabilitation houses and programs for them to really readjust to society. The same thing is true for people leaving the military. They've been in a, a very, um, you know, confined way of life with a complete routine, very much not free. I mean, they kind of sign their life away for a certain number of years for our freedom. And they have to make that very significant adjustment coming back to society as well. Freedom can be a burden when we see that we're in control of it or when we think that we're in control of it. So for instance, now, like all these opportunities might be at your fingertips because you're vaccinated or things are opening up or there's not as many restrictions and there's a semblance of normal. And when it seems like, okay, now I have to be the one to decide what's next and I'm in control and I haven't been in control for so long, it can be almost like life overload, sensory overload, because we are not meant to be the ones who are in the driver's seat when it comes to our freedom. Freedom only truly sets us free when it's anchored in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what it says in Scripture. Listen to this from John chapter 8. Jesus then, sent, sorry, Jesus then said to those Jews who believed in him, If you remain in my word, you will truly be my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then a few verses he continues. So if a son frees you, 
then you will be truly free. We'll be set free by what? By knowing the truth, by remaining in my word. That word that Jesus uses for remain also means abide, living with, dwelling with, anchoring ourselves in the person of Jesus Christ. That is how we are free. And it says in Galatians chapter 5, For freedom Christ set us free. So stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. And I like that because we really need to keep in mind, I think, to not submit ourselves to old ways of life that really enslaved us to the nine to five, to the to-do list, to the resume, to um, the Instagram feed, you know, really enslaving us to this thing that we think our life should be that really doesn't give us a true sense of meaning or joy or doesn't really help us follow and pursue our passions, the things that God gave us and blessed us with real gifts and talents for. We can very easily be enslaved by just the, the noise of life again. We've been slowed down for so long, we need to be really cautious to not be too quick to gun the gas pedal back into some routine. Freedom from sin is the only true freedom. Freedom from lockdowns and quarantines can sometimes lead to a greater freedom to sin. You know, we have all these new possibilities now to uh, forget where our priorities are. You know, have you been opening up but not getting back to Mass? Have you been going back to different experiences and to work but not going back to chapel or to confession? It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, Be free, yet without using freedom as a pretext for evil, but as slaves or servants of God. We cannot use this freedom as an opportunity or an avenue to overshadow or allow us to forget the real freedom we have in Jesus Christ. This is what the Catechism says about freedom and sin. This is paragraph 13, or sorry, 1739. It says that man's freedom is limited and fallible. In fact, man failed. He freely sinned. By refusing God's plan of love, he deceived himself and became a slave to sin. This first alienation engendered a multitude of others. From its outset, human history attests the wretchedness and oppression born of the human heart in consequence of the abuse of freedom. And it goes on in 1740 to say, The exercise of freedom does not imply a right to say or do everything. See, freedom can get messy, can get, you know, sticky, gross, because we can, we're free to do anything. We're free to turn away from God or turn toward God. If we're in the driver's seat, if we're in control, this kind of existential anxiety can come in and say, well, if it all depends on me, then it all depends on me. Like, you know, I'm not a strong foundation. You're not a stronger foundation than Jesus. And so I I just want to encourage you, as you look at the days, weeks, and months ahead, reflect and discern the future. Recognize that your freedom to choose cannot be disconnected from the Lord and his will for you. Or otherwise, you might end up on a path that is equally as unfulfilling or enslaved to a way of life that was just as soul-sucking as this pandemic has been. But it might be less tangible or noticeable because it seems like we're back to normal. Many things may be possible, 
But one thing is always necessary, first and foremost, and that is our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He is our compass. He provides direction to aid us in successfully navigating the waters of our newfound freedom. So we don't suddenly find ourselves lost out at sea. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, where now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So is the Spirit being invited into your plans, into your new normal, into your new plans, your future dreams, your reflections and discernments about what is next? Is Christ at the root of that? Is the foundation of Jesus Christ laid first? Is he at the center? When you think about starting a new job, going in a new direction, moving, going back to school, pursuing a passion, is Jesus the first thing? that you consider? Is it, okay, how am I going to stay close to the Lord and rooted in my faith in this new place or in this new opportunity? Is this good for me? Is this wise? Does this allow my life to better align with the gospel? Or will this be a greater threat for me to authentically live out what I know has been revealed in the life I need to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ? I know I'm kind of harping these days on, you know, opening up and going back to normal, but I wholeheartedly believe that there's going to be a whole, almost like a, a global psychological phenomenon of difficulty going back to life with all the things that we've learned about how life needs to be done differently, but also this pressure to feel like we've got to conform back to the way things were and just get back to a sense that this never had to happen. But it did happen. And there was grief and trauma and loss and hurt and pain and a loss of freedom. And if our focus is on that and not on the freedom we have in Jesus Christ and trust in him, then a lot of anxiety can come. We need to remember how to discern because we've been in a period of time where we've just kind of been stuck. Maybe discernment hasn't been needed as much. But now it's going to be just part and parcel again of what we need to be doing. It should be at least. And so if you need prayers in this area if maybe you have some big life changes coming you're discerning some things to change in your life i'd encourage you to ask others to pray for you to pray for the holy spirit to be in those situations because where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom but also ask for the intercession of our lady of the immaculate conception her feast day is december 8th Mary, under this title, is the patron of the entire United States. This is the title which Mary revealed herself when she appeared in Lourdes to St. Bernadette. So if you know Our Lady of Lourdes and the apparition of Lourdes, she revealed herself as the Immaculate Conception. Now what that means is that Mary was conceived without original sin. She was preserved from original sin. And she was truly free by the salvation won for her on the cross later by her son, Jesus Christ. It is retroactively applied to her. And so she really is the prime example to pray for us on what it means and what the experience of being truly free in Jesus Christ is like because she was uninhibited in that freedom by sin. She still had the free will to sin. She could have said no, she could have sinned. She still had free will. Eve, in a sense, was immaculately conceived, Adam and Eve, but they still sinned. So Mary could have, but she didn't. And she didn't allow the potential sin of pride or the difficulty with worry or anxiety to come in and cause her to try and take control, to gain that freedom for herself because she understood 
freedom is only truly free when it is anchored in the Lord. And so she just said yes and received whatever the Lord gave her. And so my encouragement to you is just receive whatever the Lord gives you today. Receive it as it is, freely. Know that you don't have to be in charge of it, that God is giving you things. He's in control. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive his guidance, his wisdom. Discern. Receive the wisdom of others. But know that you do not need to be in the driver's seat. You are not your own Messiah. Jesus is the one who sets you free. And so matter, no matter what difficulties to the practical freedom you know we are experiencing of adjusting back to a new life of normal, know that the freedom that really matters has already been won for you on the cross. And if you always keep your eyes fixed on him and that reality, you will be just fine. So know that I am praying for you. Please pray for me. And until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. God bless. Thank you.